Well, this just gave me a brilliant idea to kind of explore some concepts, some thought experiments, if you will. So I've talked about this before. What you just listened to was a morning, chair, morning ceremony in Chinese, um, usually shared uh, between a number of different sects, uh, Tiantai, so Chan, and uh, Pure Land, uh, the Guanyin cult. I don't think they'd like being called a cult. I apologize, but neither here nor there. I've talked about how we enjoy... Here, I'm let them play. Well, uh, I chat. So I've talked about how, um, as a Westerner, as, well, especially, I'll use my wife as an example. She actually prefers the Chinese, uh, mainly because that's what she's taught. She was taught. But, because uh, the English, as I've said, is a little, it's a little weird, it's a little awkward, cringy is the word I used. I was trying to be funny. I'm trying to be funny, but I certainly hope it wasn't taken as offensive. But what I want to talk about is my theory why I prefer the Chinese version, same as why I always enjoyed Tibetan um, chanting. And even when I was young, I enjoyed Gregorian. But then there is a change. See, now that I'm learning, I've learned the Chinese, um, well, the chants. And uh, as I said before, I learned French, so these concepts were tied to a particular language or word, right? Shunyata, emptiness, um, you know, void. I found it was easier to... Um, well, sorry, I'll get to that later. But as I said, um, for the wife, she finds the Chinese easier because she doesn't... I mean, she does have, to a certain extent, understand what they mean. And, but it's that lack of meaning. And I apologize, and I got off track there. But no, what I'm, what I'm getting at here um, is uh, we prefer the chanting in another language because it's another language. All right, I'm going to try this again, and if uh, we have to forego the first segment, we will, because I kind of got lost. Um, so this morning, we're listening to the Chinese um, ceremony. Uh, it's a morning ceremony shared across a couple different sects of Pure Land, Chen, Chen I've seen it used in Vietnam and China and Taiwan. Um, we ourselves enjoyed the Chinese version because, as I've mentioned before, the English is a little bit weird and it's awkward, but more importantly, it pulls you out or pulls you back to the conventional mind, right? Because I enjoy, um, like if you look at some of these mantras, they're not meant to be concepts uh, that gives birth to cheetahs in the in the Buddhist sense, or um, to for you to either lay down impressions or uh, to reawaken latent impressions in the Vedic sense, right? Old thought memories and such. Some of these, arguably, all of these are designed to tie up that conventional mind, so you can see past it. 
So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about that we prefer the Chinese chants over the English because exactly that. It's not awkward. It doesn't pull you out and you think, hey, that's a kind of a weird way of saying that. Or just, you know, thinking, hey, you know, uh, medicine. Yeah, I forgot to take my medicine this morning when they mentioned Medicine Buddha. But you don't think of that when they say Yaoshifo, right? So what am I talking about? Something that I just realized myself. Because I'm sitting here laughing to myself. I made a little joke recently. Um, so let me tell you a little story, okay? What am I going to talk about? Um, I'm talking about how common it is that a Westerner will take a new Dharma name, as they say, right? It's not uncommon at all, even for, say, a Buddhist. Now, I pause it. This is originally another attempt to break this ego, right? And I'll speak to this more directly in a moment. But what I mean is, say you take a Dharma name. And um, I'll just make it up and say you become a, a tantric Buddhist, a Yogacarna, and uh, a, even a Tibetan uh, practitioner. You join a Nyingma um, practice and you take the name Tashidalak. I'm just making it up, but let's just say. So the idea is not for you to attach to this new name, which I often see with Westerners. They go, oh, look at me, I'm uh, Geshin Ropo or something. The idea is to break this bond that you have um, with your own name. Think about it. Most people, for most people, their favorite sound is their own name. Look it up. Right? So imagine hearing your own name, how it might excite you. So let me just get to the story, which I seem kind of funny. Because me, I have a different history. I grew up uh, in northern Ontario in Canada. Um, I grew up speaking as much French as English as a kid because of the town I was in. And it was quite odd because both of my parents were very English. My father, in fact, had an, um, an accent uh, from having served in the Navy overseas, uh, lived uh, in England and um, served in the Canadian Navy, but then uh, um, worked uh, to become a, a British-trained millwright overseas, so... It was quite weird. He, uh, he had uh, no interest and arguably probably no ability uh, to speak French. And yet uh, everyone around us in the community was speaking French. My babysitters, my friends went to school for, in Canada, it's called French Immersion. And what that is, came, it was either um, early or late. Early meant... Uh, they say immersion because <laughs> they'd take an Anglophone, someone who speak, uh, spoke English at home, and put them in all French except for, say, you know, an English class. Uh, and even later, grades, you know, three and up, right, grade six, seven, eight, um, even in grade nine, early high school, grade nine and ten, uh, the only English I had was English, right, you know grammar and such, and uh, math, mathematics, uh, even things like government, and, you know, composition, and things like that were in French, right? Interesting, interesting, but not what I was getting at. See, from a very young age, I was always reminded that I was supposed to be named one thing, uh, Peter James, but um, the week before I was born, uh, cousins or something named their 
child, Peter James. So my parents thought, oh, we can't do that. So they rushed to try to name me. And so the story goes that my father wanted to name me Seamus. There you go. Big surprise. Irish descent. Um, my mother didn't enjoy that because um, takes so this crazy weirdness. So I was supposed to be named Peter James. Not going to let that happen. I'll say we should. But maybe not because uh, it's got a family tradition thing, right? Because my grandfather and his, it goes back in the family. Every second generation, uh, he would have been breaking that, though, because my father is PJ, Patrick John. Um, so if he had named me PJ, it would have been every, uh, it, it would have broken that pattern of every second. I mean, arguably, if I had had a son, I would have named him a PJ and would have continued that tradition. But no, I'm not one for that sort of tradition. And here's what I'm getting at. Because if I had been named Peter James, then I wouldn't have had my own identity because I might have been named PJ and it would have been, oh, your grandfather was PJ and all this other idea, right? So I wasn't named PJ. My father wanted to name me Seamus, which would have been kind of cool because not too many people would have been named Seamus. But how would they have spelled it? If they had spelled it the Gaelic way, it would have been Seamus. And boy... Man, yeah, I would have taken some some heck over that, wouldn't I? So they didn't, but uh, my mom wanted to name me uh, her family traditional name, which is Bob. Um, it's funny because everybody in my mother's side, the male, uh, their name is Bob. There's even fathers and sons named Bob. Not Bob 1, Bob 2, Bob Jr. and all that. No, they just name them Bob and they just have to figure out which Bob they're talking about. It's a weirdness, right? But again, this identity would be absent. How are you, Bob, if everybody else is Bob? How can I be Peter James if they call me PJ just like my, my grandfather, right? Or like my father? No, didn't name me that. They chose another, you know? And, of course, they chose a very weird name that just didn't fit in. It's Irish, commonly uh, mispronounced. But, again, that middle name was never used, right, at all. It was no part of my identity. And I argue, was I predestined for this experiment in identity... Um, separation, right? Because I actually went by a number of different nicknames. You know how some people grow up? I found it weird because I never had that fixed. And now looking back, I see it as maybe part of this. Some people have one nickname, right? I had many, depending on the group of friends or even within a group, somebody called me one nickname, others called me other, right? Fast forward to when I developed that uh, disease, an auto-inflammatory, it's an incurable disease. Um, and add to that who knows what other sort of troubles, uh, being sick and, and uh, cloistered, I guess is the word I can think of right now, for a number of years, arguably uh, nine or more, like our buddy Bodhidharma. But... Um, Having gotten sick, and because of the, the reasons leading up to it, the trauma that entailed some, some events, I switched an identity, but more so um, 
with social media, early on I understand the need, I understood, understood the need um, for an alias, right? Because think about it, a security risk of having your legal name, especially your first, middle, and last, your birth date, where you were born, your family, your pet's names, you know, where you bank. I mean, come on, it's like identity theft, uh, blue light special, right? So I created an alias, particularly just as an insight, particularly when we had quit smoking. Yes, no, I have not um, been an aesthetic at all in my life. I smoked for 25 years. Uh, actually quit using uh, technology it's approaching 10 years ago now that we started uh, vaporizing. So at the time it was uh, <laughs> arguably uh, very, um, what do you call it, uh, underground and um, arguably embarrassing to be involved with. Uh, probably no different to today but it was a little bit different. It was difficult to find the gear and, and the equipment, and you know, but it worked for us, and we got off the cigarettes. But um, I created this alias in a social media, and I continued using that alias for a number of years, 10-plus years. So fast forward to having taken control of my own healing and not relying on conventional... Um, health care, which relies on pills and uh, masking symptoms rather than treating underlying causes. Fast forward to taking care of my own darn self and uh, start to develop some healing. And I give birth or reawaken um, or uh, take out of storage some of my original uh, identity, right? Emails and social media and such find it funny um, that I am able to transition between the different identities without any right? uh, when I first tried to mothball it a few years ago I did find it difficult but now here I sit and wonder uh, they've missed the point then right so my, my point is a Dharma name it is no different than, say, a mantra. A mantra is used as a tool, and as is a Dharma name. A Dharma name is designed to help break you of this attachment, this love you have of hearing your own name. Right? If, if you don't believe you love to hear your own name, because that's why I mentioned that I ended up being named um, something that arguably everyone mispronounces. So um, I spent my entire life, my first and last name are so difficult to pronounce that the majority of the time people mispronounced my name. So either by sheer volume of uh, dealing with that, eventually it just didn't, didn't phase me anymore and I stopped even caring. But other members in my family did care, right? They'd make fun of people or get all pissed off or even, like my father, he'd hang up on someone who didn't pronounce his name wrong as if that arrogance, right? Oh, jeez, how dare you, right? So that's what I posit. I, I, uh, I wonder 
if that's uh, what's missing in all this, right? Maybe we should all take a page from this, right? We can learn uh, and use it for our social media. Create yourself an alias to protect yourself, protect your identity, your valuables, and your family. But at the same time, see if you can break yourself of that uh, habit. But as I was saying, if you don't believe you love the sound of your own voice, well, right? How does it make you feel when someone mispronounces your name? Right? It's that feeling you get. It's, it's automatic for most of us. So that's why uh, I would say maybe, maybe, maybe the intention is, is the opposite. Right? You want to be able to hear your own name and, and have no reaction. Right? Think about it. It's actually a test they use. Even for people who are living in hiding. They'll yell out their name and most people will um, automatically react. And I find it kind of funny that I've been able to um, mostly cure myself of that. But on that note... 